Redbox Media Programming is brought to you by... We've got good news. The world is open again, and people like you, people of faith, are traveling to Catholic sites around the world. Want to travel with exceptional Catholic leaders this fall, next year, or in the future? Are you looking to see specific sites, celebrate traditional Latin Mass, or travel to destinations without vaccine requirements? We are here to help you deepen your faith on pilgrimage. Give us a call at 1-800-842-4842 or visit us online at selectinternationaltours.com. Select International Tours is your pilgrimage company, and we have the perfect Catholic trip for you. Are you looking to serve God and society? Consider putting your gifts to work as a lawyer. Ave Maria School of Law has been educating faith-filled lawyers for over 20 years. Ave Maria School of Law is committed to training lawyers to use law appropriately around the moral issues of our time. Visit AveMariaLaw.edu to learn more about integrating your faith with a law degree. there. Welcome to the program. My name is Gary Zimek, your old buddy. I've been waiting for you today on the show. We're going to look at the Mass readings for the third Sunday of Advent. The message, he's almost here. Rejoice. Believe it or not, we are celebrating this weekend the third Sunday of Advent. Now, there are four Sundays of Advent. Of Advent. That means we have one more Sunday. And, and this year, it's interesting because the fourth Sunday of Advent is one day before Christmas. So we only have, (laughs) we have like just about no time in the fourth week of Advent. So he is really, really close. Therefore, we rejoice this day. You may see the priest or the deacon wear rose-colored vestments. It's It's not mandatory, but it's an option. Why? Because we are called by the church to rejoice, to get excited, to think about the fact that Jesus is near, and the entrance antiphon from today's Mass comes from Philippians 4, 4, and 5. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Indeed, the Lord is near. That's what we want to remember. We want to remember this day that he's cl- his coming is close. So we still have time to prepare, but we should start to get excited because he really is going to show up. And of course, you know, we've been talking throughout Advent about the purpose of Advent. Advent is to prepare, is a time to prepare, obviously, for the second coming of the Lord. You're going to hear a lot about that, to commemorate his first coming when he was born 2,000 years ago. But uh, maybe more practically, to prepare for him to come into our lives in a real way. We want to prepare so that we welcome him to come into our lives in a deeper way, and we've been preparing by trying to clean up for Jesus and, and get ready for him. And now we welcome, get ready to welcome him to 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 literally take charge of our lives in a bigger way. You know, a lot of times we block him. We don't realize it, but we're blocking him by not inviting him into every area of our life. But that's what he wants. He wants us to to allow him into every aspect of our lives. And that's what we're trying to do during the Advent season. Of course, if we do prepare to welcome him more fully today, then whenever his glorious second coming is, or whenever our own death occurs, you know, it's going to be one of the two is going to happen first. If we're preparing every day, we're going to be ready for that judgment day, whenever it is. 
And uh, so that's really what the church wants to do. The church wants to awaken us. If you remember, for the first week of Advent, the theme was watch. Don't fall asleep. Watch. The second week, prepare. Do something. Let's get ready. And this week, it's rejoice. Rejoice because all of our efforts to prepare, they're going to bear fruit. And if we if we do these things, if we try to look at the areas in our lives that might need some uh, some work, some cleaning up, if we do that and we welcome Jesus, we invite him sincerely into our lives and we prepare, we're going to be closer to him on Christmas Day than we were at the start of Advent. That's the goal. And then each year you keep doing it and you get increasingly closer and closer to him. It's never going to, we're never going to get to a point where uh, because of our, our fallen human nature and because of the fact that we are creatures and he is divine, we're not. We're never get, going to get to the point where we can stop working. We're close enough to him. We don't have anything more to do. This is something we're going to be doing for the rest of our lives, which is a good thing. So each successive or succeeding Advent, whatever the right word is, uh, that we experience the goal is to, to to continue on, not to fall back, but to continue on and to grow even closer to him each successive year. Maybe that's the word. I don't know. They tell me I'm supposed to be a writer. I should be able to think of the word, but sometimes I'm not sure. Uh, just I just got to keep it real with you. Anyway, why don't you settle in? Let's pray. And then we'll look at these mass readings for the third Sunday of Advent all involving the theme of rejoice. You know, this is a good thing. We've been working. Today, we can, I don't want to say relax, but today we can chill a little bit and and celebrate the fact that the Lord's coming. Our work is going to bear fruit. So now's the time to get excited. So with that in mind, let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Father in heaven, thank you so much for being present with us right now. Father, we turn to you with grateful hearts, grateful that the Lord is near. Your Son is near. You're near, Father. The Holy Spirit is near. We're very excited about that. But we we continue to prepare for Jesus to welcome him more deeply into our lives. And we're grateful that you have given us this opportunity, this opportunity of the Advent season as presented to us through your church We are thankful, Father, for the fact that you didn't forget us. You didn't forget us even when we messed up. And each one of us bears some kind of a responsibility for offenses against you when we sin. You know, we can blame Adam. I know that's easy to do. Adam and Eve, it's their fault, but it's it's our fault too. But you still never forgot us. You sent your son into the world. You gave us the Holy Spirit to guide us. And you adopted us as your children. You're so good to us, Father, and we're very grateful. We ask you to bless us and our family and friends. And please, through your your assistance, allow the rest of the Advent season to really bear good fruit so that when Christmas Day rolls around, we are closer to your son Jesus than we were at the start of Advent. Father, I ask you to give me the words for this program. Give me the words so that I can deliver the message that you would like me to deliver. And Father, I ask you to open all of our hearts and all of our minds so that we can hear this message and allow it to bear good fruit in our lives. 
Help us to know what we are supposed to do when we hear the message. And Father, I ask these things in the name above all names, the name of Jesus Christ, your Son and our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, thank you so much for tuning in. And again, my name is Gary Zimak, and I'm always honored to be with you once each week on this program. I don't always mention this, but I want to make sure I mentioned it today. My website is followingthetruth.com, and if you go there, you can find out about my daily email reflection, Let Not Your Heart Be Troubled, which I send out free of charge. If anybody is interested, just go there, and you can sign up just by providing your email address. I send that out once each day. I also do, and you might know this, I do a five-minute daily podcast called Following the Truth. You can find out about that at followingthetruth.com as well. And also, this program, you, you can listen to this in a number of different ways. There's a podcast that's available of this show, so you may be listening to the podcast right now, so you don't know, need to know about the podcast if you're listening to this, obviously. Uh, also, this program is sent out to several Catholic radio stations across the country, so you may be listening to this over the air. However you listen to the program, I am grateful so grateful that you are, are listening. I'm grateful for your support, for your donations, for um, all of your, your kind words about my books and, and all of these programs. And, uh, and I'm grateful for, that, for the fact that you listen to the show. I really am, that you, you and I can sit around the table and talk about the Lord. So for more information about any of the work that I do, just head on over to followingthetruth.com. All righty. So now let's look at these Mass readings for the third Sunday of Advent. And as I always do, I'm going to start with the Gospel. Now just keep in mind the Rejoice theme of this week. It's exciting because we now know that the Lord's coming is soon. He's going to be here relatively soon. And it's time to, while we still continue to prepare, to maybe take just a, a little breather and celebrate the fact that our efforts are going to bear good fruit. If we make the effort to draw close to Jesus, he's going to respond and we will grow closer to him. I mean, that's a, that's a done deal. We don't have to worry about him. He's going to do his share. We might have to worry about ourselves, but as long as we're doing what we are supposed to do, and that's prepare, do something to, to internally look at our our, our spiritual practices internally and external, externally and, and, and make the decision with the help of the Holy Spirit. You know, it's always good to ask the Holy Spirit to help to make the decision. Am I doing enough? Is there, are there areas in my life that I am not giving over to Jesus? Are there areas that are cluttered with other junk, other things that I put before him? Have I not been a confession in a long time? Am I doing things my way and not his way? Am I relinquishing control? Or am I worrying excessively, you know, trying to take control from Jesus? All these things are things that we could work on during Advent. If we do our share each day to try in some way to prepare by turning our control over to him a little bit more, doing it his way instead of our way, if we make that effort, it's going to bear fruit. And that's... That's because we can count on the Lord. So we're going to look at the gospel first, as I always do on this program. We'll let the gospel lead the way. Remember the theme of rejoice. No doubt about it. The Lord's coming. It's not a matter of it will he show up. He will. 
It's a matter of getting ready because we can count on it. John chapter 1, beginning in verse 6. This is the gospel. A man named John was sent from God. He came for testimony to testify to the light so that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to testify to the light. So this John the evangelist is referring to John the Baptist here. And what did John the Baptist do? We heard about him in subsequent in uh, previous weeks. John the Baptist said, prepare, the Messiah is coming. He's coming. And that ties in nicely with our rejoice message. John was not the light. He's not the light at the, of, of the world, but he came to testify to the light. He, John the Baptist is not the Messiah. His job was to help people prepare for the Messiah. And this is the testimony of John. When the Jews from Jerusalem sent priests and Levites to him to ask him, Who are you? He admitted and did not deny it, but admitted, I am not the Christ. So they asked him, What are you then? Are you Elijah? And he said, I am not. Are you the prophet? He answered, No. So they said to him, Who are you? So we can give an answer to those who sent us. What do you have to say for yourself? And John said, now pay attention to this because we're going to see a reference to this in our, um, in our first reading, I believe. I'm just double checking this. Um, actually, this is a reference to something we heard last week. I knew that there was an Old Testament pa- uh, for, uh, first reading today. But uh, no, this is, so what we're going to hear is a reference to something John the Baptist said last week, I believe. And this is from the prophet Isaiah. I am the voice of one crying out in the desert, make straight the way of the Lord, as Isaiah the prophet said. So John the Baptist is reaching back into the Old Testament and saying, you know, that one that was supposed to be crying out in the desert prophesied by Isaiah, I'm him. Some Pharisees were also sent. They asked him, Why then do you baptize if you're not the Christ or Elijah or the prophet? John answered them, I baptize with water, but there is one among you whom you do not recognize, the one who is coming after me, whose sandal strap I am not worthy to untie. This happened in Bethany across the Jordan while John, where John was baptizing. So, you know, you put yourself in the position of this third, this third week of Advent, we're anticipating the arrival of Jesus. And for, for the purposes of the, the, the liturgical cycle and the fact that we're still in Advent, we have to assume Jesus has not yet arrived. Now, we know, yes, he was born 2,000 years ago. You probably have some sort of a relationship with Jesus um, where he's technically a part of your life. But the goal here is to place ourselves in the position of the Old Testament, the people from the Old Testament, who are waiting for the Messiah. So we are waiting for, if you want to call it a fuller arrival of Jesus into our lives, that's what we're looking for. So, you know, sometimes it's tricky to put ourselves in that position or to to get ourselves in the right mindset. But we have not fully seen what Jesus can do in our lives yet. And again, I'm putting aside the second coming, the judgment upon our death, trying to make it timely and trying to give us all a sense of urgency. If we keep preparing for another one plus weeks, a week and a day, 
by the time Christmas Day rolls around, and we're making little changes along the way, Jesus will be a greater presence in our life. So in a sort of a figurative sense, he's going to be coming in our lives, into our lives in a bigger way in about another week. And that's what we're trying to do as we prepare. So we go now to the first reading, again, keeping that rejoice theme. And, and that's why we're excited. That's why we can rejoice, because we know that Jesus is going to do greater things in our life if we continue to prepare. So we rejoice. Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 61, beginning in verse 1 for the first reading, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me. He has sent me to bring glad tidings to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and release to the prisoners, to announce a year of favor from the Lord and a day of vindication by our God. Now, see, this is these are the words of the prophet Isaiah, but when we look at this, he is foreshadowing the mission of Jesus, because Jesus is going to be doing all of these things. And here's the rejoice theme. I rejoice heartily in the Lord. In my God is the joy of my soul, for he has clothed me with the robe of salvation and wrapped me in a mantle of justice, like a bridegroom adorned with a diadem, like a bride bedecked with her jewels. As the earth brings forth its plants and a garden makes its growth spring up, so will the Lord God make justice. And praise spring up before all the nations. That forward reference of it will happen. Not it might happen. Not I hope it happens. But it will happen. Just as the, the Israelites awaited the first coming of the Messiah, you and I are waiting for that deeper coming of, of Jesus into our lives as we continue to prepare. And for that reason, we can rejoice as if it's already happened because we know it will happen. The Rejoice theme continues for the responsorial psalm. And what we have here is a sort of a mixture of um, really the Magnificat, Mary's Magnificat, from normally the responsorial psalm comes from a psalm, one of the book of psalms. Today we're going to be looking at a combination of Luke 1, the first chapter of Luke's gospel, as Mary proclaims her um, grateful, uh, her thankfulness to the Lord for all he's done for her, the prayer known as the Magnificat. Um, and there's also some references to Isaiah chapter 61, which we just heard of in here. So, my soul rejoices in my God is the refrain. The responsorial psalm, my, my soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. My spirit, what? Rejoices. There's that word again. Rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked upon his lowly servant from this day, all generations will call me blessed. The Almighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. He has mercy on those who fear him in every generation. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. He has come to the help of his servant Israel, for he has remembered his promise of mercy." My soul rejoices in the Lord. And, you know, one thing I do want to point out, sometimes we think of rejoicing and the word joy as, as being a feeling. I'm filled with joy today. I'm, I rejoice because it's a glorious day outside. No, rejoice. The act of rejoicing is a, is a decision. It's an action. I, and why can I rejoice if everything is going wrong in my life? We can rejoice 
because God sent his son into the world. And we celebrate the birth of Jesus and his coming into the world on Christmas Day. We can rejoice because God did not leave us alone. He came to our assistance, sent Jesus into our world to redeem us on the cross and lift us up so that one day we could live with him forever in heaven. So for that reason, we choose to rejoice. We choose it. Um, the second reading, and again, you're going to see that theme here, is from uh, St. Paul's first letter to the Thessalonians, chapter 5, and it begins in verse 16. Brothers and sisters, ready? Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in all circumstances, in all circumstances, give thanks, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. Do not quench the Spirit. Do not despise prophetic utterances. Test everything. Retain what is good. Refrain from every kind of evil. May the God of peace make you perfectly holy and may you entirely, spirit, soul, and body, be preserved blameless for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will also accomplish it. So, you know, if you look at, you definitely see the rejoice theme in this, uh, in this passage from St. Paul's first letter to the Thessalonians. Rejoice always. Paul's saying rejoice at all times. No matter what, in all circumstances, give thanks. Why? Because anything that happens in our life, good or bad, can only happen with the approval of God. He's not going to will evil. He doesn't will evil, but he allows it to happen because he can always bring good out of it. So, you know, if you really think about it, the fact that anything that happens to me, even if it surprised me, even if it seems unpleasant... If you think of how much the Father loves you and the fact that he's all-powerful, and, it can, and it can, that, that incident, whatever it may be, can only happen with his approval, and that if it's not pleasant, then he intends to use it for good. If you think of it that way, you can always rejoice no matter what's happening in your life. Why? Because God is watching out for you, and because he sent his Son into the world, and that we're always in good hands. And remember, you're not always going to feel that. You're not going to feel joy. You're not going to feel joyful. But you can choose to rejoice because you are not alone. And the Lord created you so that you can live with him forever in heaven. And he's not going to desert you. And, you know, it's entirely possible to rejoice to choose to rejoice, even when you feel miserable. You can say, thank you, God. You can say, I rejoice in the presence of Jesus Christ. I rejoice that my, my heavenly Father has adopted me as his child. I can choose that. And, you know, if we do this, when we look back at this second reading, when Paul was saying, you know, pray without ceasing, that means we can use, turn all of our work in addition to our prayers, we can turn our work into prayer just by offering up at the beginning of the day all of our work. Anything that happens to us, we can offer it up to God as prayer. 
And then in the second part of this second reading, when Paul talks about the God of peace, may he make you perfectly holy and may you entirely, spirit, soul, and body, be preserved blameless for the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, when your judgment occurs, we pray for the grace to be ready. Because if you're doing God's will, if you're living a holy life, it doesn't mean you'll never sin, but it just means you take advantage of the sacrament of confession, you try your best, you cooperate with the grace God gives you. If you're trying your best, when Judgment Day does roll around, and we don't know when it's going to happen for any of us, we can speculate, but none of us know. We don't know the day we'll die. We don't know the day the Lord will come again in glory. We just don't know that. And which, whichever of those two events takes place first, that's when your judgment is going to be. But if one day at a time you're doing your best to live God's will, to follow his will, to put him first, which again, this is what we're trying to do during Advent. We're trying to make the corrections necessary. If you're doing it each day, whenever your final day on this earth occurs and your judgment takes place, you're going to be in great shape. You know, it it really is simple, but it's not easy to put into practice. The whole concept is simple. Do God's will at all times, And you'll be ready to meet him when he comes to judge you. I know that's not that complicated, but it becomes complicated to put into practice sometimes. So Advent is a great time to make those corrections, those self-corrections in our lives, and to to welcome Jesus into a a deeper involvement in our day-to-day existence. That's what we're trying to do. And you know, by doing that, not only will you be preparing for your judgment, you're also going to be finding a lot more peace because the more you welcome the Lord, the more you surrender to his lordship, you know, we, we call Jesus Lord and Savior, not just Savior, because he's our Lord. He's our boss. He's our master. He's the one in charge. I mean, ultimately, that's the goal. He's our king. The more you surrender to his reign, doing things his way, the more peace you're going to feel. That's the ultimate secret to finding peace in this life, doing God's will, imitating Jesus in doing the will of the Father. Jesus did it perfectly. That's why it's so important to look at the Gospels and to get to know Jesus through the Gospels See how he acted. See how he spoke. See how he always, no matter what, sought to do the will of the Father. If we imitate him, we're going to be in great shape. And we don't need to fear judgment. We certainly don't want to fear our judgment day. we got time. He let us know, you know, we're going to be judged. It's not scary. It's only scary if we don't do anything about it or don't take it seriously. So we have that, uh, we have this season to prepare. Well, you know what? We are just about out of time. I want to thank you for listening to the show today. Uh, Remember, next week, we are going to look at the, the, the readings for the fourth and final 
Sunday of Advent. Remember also that I have my daily email reflections and I have my daily five-minute podcast. You can just head on over to followingthetruth.com and uh, find out more about those and sign up for them. And again, they're free of charge. You're going to be in my prayers. I would ask you to please keep praying for me as well. If you would like to contribute financially to keep my ministry moving forward, I would greatly appreciate that. You can do that by going to followingthetruth.com and donating securely online. If you have already contributed to the support of my ministry, I am very grateful. Thank you. Thank you for your prayers. And uh, I look forward to joining you next week once again on the program. Have a great week. And remember, rejoice! Rejoice!